actually eyeballs will follow good content. And we've learned this in our journey. People without the right processes, you waste a lot of them. Recently, you guys had a major goal achieved, like the liquidity event. 30 million pounds for 51% stake they invested. The source of information is correct. I think that was good, the, good, uh... good. Yeah. <laughs> um, no fake news on Coffee for Scalers. No yeah. fake news on Coffee for Scalers. <laughs> Melissa Chapman, welcome to Coffee for Scalers. I'm absolutely delighted to have you on the podcast. Uh, I had the pleasure of getting to know Melissa over the last few years. Initially, I think I heard of you at Lad Bible, this person, Ooh. secret weapon, growing the business. Things. <laughs> what? You'd heard things. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, at the Jungle Creations, I got to know you really well. And uh, amazing what you've done there in the business. And I'm delighted to be talking to you today and for the audience to get to know you and the amazing work you guys have done in Jungle Cre Creations. And amazing as well on the recent um, liquidity event, which we'll talk about later. Congratulations, um, Melissa Chapman, the co-CEO of Jungle Creations. Um, delighted to have you. Thank you, Melissa, for coming on board Cheers today. for having me, Dennis. I've actually got a coffee. You've called this coffee for scalers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've have a cold end of coffee. No. Yeah. I was in between meetings today. Yeah, good. Good that you have your coffee because you have scaled the business. But um, <laughs> yeah, how's, how's life been, Melissa, for you recently? No, yeah, it's good. I mean, you mentioned up top, uh, obviously, the big announcement recently for us in terms of uh, the liquidity event uh, and partnering with Livingbridge moving forward. Uh, there's a lot of work that, that went into that beforehand. So I think initially it's a it's been a sense of kind of relief after, you know, you're working towards something big. So I took a week off, which was quite nice. Uh, and actually, just really nice to like get back to the day job. Um, yeah. And, and, and get back under, under the hood of things. And we're really excited about uh, everything moving forward. So I feel really energized. I feel kind of rejuvenated, oh, excited about what happened and, and super energized yeah. for, for, the, for the next run. That's cool. Took stock a little bit now, ready That's for the it. next sprint. Yeah. yeah, good, good. And uh, yeah. glasses of wine. Uh, good, good, good. Uh, and things are a bit opened up now. But uh, then I wanted to ask you, because uh, this is also entertaining, this podcast, what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you in a work environment? I you've know you said, guys in Jungle have had good times over there. Well, yeah. We've had good times, yeah. Although you've, you've said this, end, this podcast is entertaining, so now the pressure's on to make sure that this is funny. Like, it's actually yeah, fun. Um, story. There's lots of things that I probably won't share. Um, one that, that is funny that I do kind of often look back to with uh, a bit of a laugh. We um, had a Halloween fancy dress day at the office. So we were about, I think, about 100, 110 people. Then this is pre-COVID. Everyone's in the office. Uh, yeah. and Everybody kind of had to dress up as whatever Halloween character they chose. And uh, two people from the business, one who works in our comms team and uh, actually the, the, the PA to, to Jamie at the time, came dressed as me. Um, and that they came with wigs with a fringe on it. They came wearing a black cardigan, which was my very, you know, stuck in old look. Yeah. They came with a bottle You're of You're kind of Mark Zuckerberg cardigan every that's day. That's it, that's it, the cardigans. They came with a bottle of Prosecco in one hand and a Diet Coke in the other. Um, ballet pumps, you know, everybody thought it was absolutely hilarious. I don't know why it was Halloween or what that means, but 
Um, that was a good one. There's a, that I'll share a picture with you after, Dennis. Maybe we can do oh, some. That is good. Yeah, so maybe it can be the thumbnail. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll do yeah, some yeah. editing work where it flies in and you'll be like, which one's Mel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah de let's definitely do that. Cool. Good story to start. Okay. So back to um, scaling business and online video, uh, two things I'm really passionate about. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit to the audience um, like about Jungle Creations and how it was founded? Uh, it would be great to start for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, no, sure. Um, I guess if I kind of start by like describing us today and then I'll go back through how yeah. we got there. Um, so essentially, we, we, we see ourselves as the modern media business built for a social age. You know, the world has changed dramatically and, and the way people are kind of consuming their content, communicating with their friends, connecting with family now, a lot of that is happening across social platforms. And, uh, and, and you know, there's a stat out of the US where now more hours watched of content on social than they are on television, which is over three hours a day. So phenomenal. It's changing the way that we we order clothes, the way that we we vote uh, and so on. And we started very early on these social platforms where people are less sure about kind of how scalable a business would be on a, you know, a Facebook or so on. But we really stuck to our guns and saw that being the direction of travel for, you know, the way people would, would communicate with each other. So a modern media business built for a social age uh, and ultimately, our core competency is we build brands and we build communities in, you know, specific niche passion points, um, you know, twisted in food and drink, BT in, in news and entertainment, level fitness in fitness and so on. Uh, and, and our number one focus is building those audiences, of, you know, really authentic, hyper engaged audiences. And then from that point, it's looking at, OK, how can we monetize th this audience? Um, yeah. Doesn't sound very glamorous, but yeah, how, how ultimately yeah. We make money. Um, and we do that by using our skills of building our own brands to help brands uh, via branded content or via our agency business and so on. Um, but that all kind of leads to the fact that we kind of have four businesses in one. So we have our publishing business, which is our media brands and our, you know, the yeah. original content that we're putting out across platforms. We have our yeah. brand content business, which is where, you know, we want to create custom content for brands that will sit uh, on our media brands and go out to our audience. We have our agency business, which is the wild, which ultimately is it's kind of disconnected from our media brands. But we lift all of the insights and expertise we have in house yeah. from building these yeah. brands to, to service clients in their own brands, in their own environments. Uh, and then finally, commerce, which is um, a really fun part of the business um, that's evolved yeah. a lot over the last kind of five to six years and has had different faces. But ultimately, the the, the core kind of intention we're trying to do with commerce is to reach our audience um and and offer them value in the real world beyond just yeah. online so it's all about yeah. connecting art to people in the real world and online yeah um, that's cool four different kind of competencies so you're not a one-trick pony we're yeah. not it's all about diversification these days it's very important yeah. but um yeah so how did it start it's that very kind of romantic founder story jamie in his mum's bedroom uh whilst yeah. university with this vision for uh, wanting to build huge audiences online to actually drive them to Manchester club nights. Uh, he oh, was, wow, that was it. Yeah, I didn't know that. He wanted to, to get people to his club night. And, and at the time, lots of, you know, there's a lot of activity on Facebook and he found it more effective than flyering or, you know, going around wow. to Dom and, and trying to encourage students along. Uh, but suddenly he had hundreds of thousands of people, probably about 0.1% of them were actually based in Manchester, interested to go to student night outs. And he realised actually... My value here isn't the student night night out that I'm running. It's this audience yeah. that I've built uh, and garnered yeah. online, and that kind of kickstarted what became Viral Fred. Then now VT, 
uh, and it was about he, we, we scaled the audience to, to a million followers and the way that we were monetizing then is we were creating fun relatable articles about what it's like to be a student generally uh, driving mm. people to websites and then monetizing them there um, and as the evolution of, of social platforms came along and the integration of video um, that core audience then allowed us to build a number of other audiences to where we are today so I think we're at about 125 million followers now cross-platform yeah. um, in in our you know seven media brands that sit in those verticals uh, but yeah that was kind of how it started and then basically when we were we were only making track money from sending people to our websites back in the day and we needed and, and Melissa were you there from the start I was there was yeah I, I joined in initially in 2015 uh, yeah. as, as kind of the second employee uh, yeah, I took a school break and then I came yeah. back again in 2016 but yeah very early days when we were kind of just kicking around with three of us in a room playing FIFA between making videos uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> the table tennis table in the early yeah, days yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Uh, we've come yeah. a long way um, yeah. and yeah so we, we thought we need another way to make money here because there's so much value to these audiences we're building and right now we're just not seeing that from the platforms because they they didn't have it built in at the time so uh we, we started looking at working with people on branded content and well some yeah. of our first deals were with the likes of oreo yo sushi um happen the dating app um oh, cool. and yeah that 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 all was kind of where the branded content line came in we just felt there's more yeah. value here so we found it um and then then commerce came because we'd, we'd actually just started my, my job at the time. I think I was head of content at, at three or four years ago was to go viral and create good content and get loads of eyeballs and growing audience and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and we kind of tapped into what was a bit of a gold mine at the time that then became a trend and everybody else started doing it as well, which was finding really weird, quirky uh, yeah. gadgets on, on the internet and, um, reaching out to the Kickstarter and saying, hey, send us a free one of your products and we'll make you a video for it. So we'd make these one minute videos about, okay, this this handbag is actually a wine handbag and you can put a secret wine sachet in it and oh yeah, while you're at work. And these videos were getting, you know, 100 million views plus. Uh, wow. And these were kind of white label products that really we were making a lot of money for other people. So we kind of said to ourselves, well, we could probably do this for ourselves, right? And that was how commerce was born again yeah. organically just by the opportunity that was presented to us by having the access to the yeah. in the large audiences uh, we were doing it for other people through the branded content before yeah. yeah yeah exactly um and when we were doing it for some of these kickstarter companies you know they they were selling out they were they were getting yeah. ridiculous amounts of funding and while it was amazing to see that and, and to see the power of video and and social video you kind of do also want your own slice of the pie. So that yeah. was where the, the commerce piece was born. And then the final one was was uh, the agency business, The Wild. And uh, that really cut stems from, yes, we had these media brands and, and we had the teams working on them. We were doing branded content and commerce. But the, the, the amount of data and insights that sat in our business from talking to, you know, we were getting billions of views every single year and we, we kind of overlaid, we do a lot of meta tagging and so on to kind of understand there's the result, but what's the input that's leading to certain patterns and trends and results. And we built a tech, we built our own technology called Discover IQ, which kind of helps map all of this. And all of these insights were great and we could use them for our own creative decision, but we felt like we were underusing them because we could be taking them out to market and supporting yeah. brands in their own right, in their own kind of social strategy and social content creation and social media management so 
we brought in Dylan from, from Adam and Eve, um, you know, old school creative, creative thinking kind of with our new world, creative agility, uh, adding that kind of rigor to, to the agency we we're trying to it build. Sounds impressive. This uh, yeah. You can tell I've been selling for a year and a half. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's always and, the job uh, of the CEO. Yeah. And, um, and the agency was, was born and it's, it's the fastest growing part of our business. It's, it's doing oh, phenomenally cool. well, you know, over 100% year on year growth. Yeah. Um, and yeah, really excited. So that's kind of taking us to where we are today with those four revenue streams. And we, 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 we feel that now it's about focus. We, we kind of we've defined the business model um, yeah. and that's kind of been an organic piece over the last six, seven years. The strategy is there. We've got really clear view of, of where we can take these four different parts of the business together and, and independently yeah. of each other. Um, and, and the scale we think we have ahead is is phenomenal and, and far beyond the scale that we've already reached today. So uh, we, we feel like we're just at the start, really. Congrats. And and just at that scale, you mentioned 120 million followers. That is awesome. Um, mm. In terms of like how many employees and if you can talk about the revenues you guys do as well, it'd be good for people to understand like what scale you're at. Yeah, sure. So um, our revenues for last year, these are in the public domain, so I'm not yeah. going to get off by the comms team. Um, we did 19 and a half million pounds yeah. in revenue yeah. last year uh, and around two and a half of, of EBITDA. And yeah. Our employee base at that point, I think, was about 110, 110 employees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this year, we're set to do 30 million pounds in revenue and five and a half um, yeah. in EBITDA. And at the moment, we can't hire quick enough. Um, yeah, well, that's you know, great. The industry is throwing great guns, but we, we should be around 150 people by, yeah. by the end of this year. Yeah, because you, you're you trying to grow 50% year in year, 19 to 30. Yeah yeah cool cool all right yeah it's great for people to understand the scale you're at and congratulations there those numbers are amazing um uh, yeah one one question i wanted to ask you because i think knowing you and like the way you've risen like it was a small business and you grew with it and like yeah. in my experience it, it like not everyone's able to do that um, mm. or get into the senior positions per se like how have you found that journey and like any advice to people as well who are thinking about that like the different stages of a company and how you should change yourself. Uh, yeah. Well, never change yourself. That's my number yeah. one. Yeah. No, I think stay true, stay authentic to yourself always. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel really fortunate that, that I've been able to, to grow with, with the business and it is quite rare. There are actually a number of people at jungle um, who have been with us from, from very early and have, have grown into, you know, really senior positions in the business, which has kind of has been, a really great environment to be a part of. I think to be part of a business that wants to grow from within as a, as a first and foremost, and that will always be where you first look. Um, yeah. Obviously that's not always possible. And especially when you're a business scaling at the pace that we are, and, and sometimes yeah. you do need to fast track things by bringing in experience from outside. Um, but for me, I think when I look back, it was always just knowing what I don't know and being okay with not knowing everything, not, yeah. creating, not, not making it a defensive thing and actually just actively chasing knowledge. Um, yeah. I, I never, you know, when I look back originally, I was, I was boarding as a writer um, yeah. and I never thought when, when Jamie would say, Hey, can we do some videos? I never thought, well, that's not my remit. I thought brilliant. I'm now going to learn yeah. how to do video. And I think it was that kind of positive attitude of always being happy, happy yeah. to kind of seize the opportunity and step into stuff. That's not your remit because if you only ever do what's in your remit, how do you ever grow? Um, yeah. 
So I've always been really kind of up for that and things like, you know, budgeting, forecasting, running a P&L, building the P&L. I, I didn't know how, I'd never done that before I, I came yeah. to Jungle and now it's, you know, I find it super easy and, um, and yeah. that was just, and, and I won't be ashamed to say a lot of that. I, I looked on Google. I said, okay, yeah, yeah. Work. And then obviously now we've got the CFO and, and, and you have people around you to teach you stuff as well. But um, yeah, it's, I think it's just being uh, confident in backing yourself, happy yeah. to accept what you don't know and, and jump into learning yeah. a bit with two feet. And uh, yeah, also go at it somewhat, you know, aggressively and, and, and don't yeah. kind of, shy away from conversations and and yeah and I yeah. think that comes from from backing yourself and being confident cool that's great yeah I think on the confidence piece like it's okay not to know but you have to be confident enough to be able to say that to people in a business as well where the culture kind of needs to be right yeah is that, is something yeah nice. I remember yeah. I think um I was in a uh one of our senior leadership team meetings yeah. maybe a few yeah. years ago and we'd just hired our new CFO he was new then, he's not new now. Yeah. Uh, and he, he came into the meeting and he was talking about EBITDA. Yeah. And everyone was like, and I was just like, EBIT what? <laughs> and I'm, I'm not afraid to say that. And yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. As you say, it's, it's good to be in an environment where you feel like you can say that and nobody's going to judge yeah. you. And, um, and Jungle, for me, of my experience has always been um an environment very much you know no question is a, is a stupid question yeah yeah um, and I, th I feel like if you're hiding things you don't know as well it's at your own detriment the individual yeah. because yeah you don't know what's going on exactly <laughs> cool. someone will ask yeah. me to do a speech or leave it i'll be like right he is yeah forever. yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i was telling actually there was someone i was in touch with yesterday who i worked with at google and i was introducing him to someone at tubular anyway and i remember one time the guy said to me in google one time i i said said to me to him and he said that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard <laughs> and oh, wow. i was just like i was just like but i was confident in myself at the time so i was like uh no that's okay but like it's funny how um how, how I guess culture and like having a good culture where people are okay to be open and expose and stuff versus yeah. having a culture where things are shot down quite quickly and stuff. But to your other point, like trying things or trying new things. So it sounds like you guys have a great culture. Cool. Yeah. Oh, oh it's easy for me yeah. to say that. Ask the rest of them, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. And and then um, the one thing I was going to ask you um, is um oh i was gonna say actually like now you're the co-ceo um mm. yeah with nat like how does it work to be a co-ceo that's a really good question and and it's one that i didn't know what it was going to be like going into it um although you know i've worked very closely with nat now for for a number of years and yeah. um you know we we formally kind of took the role at this january at the start of the year but you know, there was the, all of 2020 where we were kind of effectively, you know, doing that role alongside Jamie and, and really getting a feel for kind of where the land lies, which I think was really beneficial for, for the, the business needed. To, we needed to know that it worked for the business before we, we stepped into it officially, but also that it worked for us as individuals. And I think that kind of year build up really helped kind of solidify it. Um, and ultimately, Matt and I are completely different people. And yeah. we, our way of kind of problem solving or, uh, you know, the way 
my immediate reaction and that's immediate reaction or immediate assumption will be quite different. And I find that really useful for challenging your own status quo and, and kind of questioning your autopilot, which I think uh, as a leader of a business, it's important to do when you're moving at a million miles per hour, not to just always go with your gut to think about it rationally and logically. And that really helps uh, me do that and hopefully vice versa. And and I guess beyond that, we spoke up top about Jungle's business and it's it's kind of four businesses in one yeah um so in that regard that you know there's plenty for both of us to be doing without feeling like we're kind of crossing each other's t's and dotting each other's eyes uh, yeah. and on each other's feet so uh, i think we're a really great team um i really really enjoy working with him um and i think yeah i, I also this is personal to me but i remember being at school and I was never much into individual sports. Like I love a yeah. team sport. I the, the kind of energy I get from wanting to win with my team uh, yeah. motivates me way further than kind of winning for myself. So I do think kind of being at the top on your own, for me, my motivation might look slightly different, but doing it with Nat, you know, when we've got good news, it's so exciting to be able to, you know, pick up the phone and say, mate, you know, we've done it or yeah. over the line. And yeah. I, I love that. So yeah, I, I, I really, I'm really enjoying being, being a co-CEO. I think you could probably, when we were talking to various kind of potential acquirers and so on, I think some were more mm, with it than, than others. Yeah. But ultimately, kind of the proof of the pudding is in, is in the results. And hopefully, yeah. you know, as you were saying, the growth that we're looking at this year, the growth that we were able to drive last year shows that you know, it's a model that's working. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Sounds like you guys have a great relationship. How many times a day do you usually talk to Nat? Just out of interest. It depends on the day, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, Not every day, though, or every day you chat? I, I, most days we, we will chat. Yeah, yeah. Most days we will yeah. chat. Um, but probably not every day. Not every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Some, and yeah. sometimes, you know, six or seven times a day. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. And does it, I guess the question that people are asking you guys as well is like, if you need to make a hard decision and it, like sometimes one person makes that decision, uh, feeds in information, uh, have you guys had any instances where it's like, or do you have a process when there's like a really hard decision? Yeah, so we, we're, we're a part of a broader executive team, right? Yeah, so yeah. We, we have our co-fo, James, um, he's our chief Oper operating and financial officer. Um, we've got Dylan, who runs the wild. We've got Wiggly, who's our chief commercial yeah. officer. Um, so there's always a collectiveness to decision making. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, Nat and I have had this conversation. Uh, we, we work very closely with James in that, that chief operating financial officer position, uh, yeah. which creates a dynamic of free. And I guess where there's free, you can always find a majority. Uh, yeah. We actually haven't yet had an instance yeah I because um, <laughs> uh, generally I think if your destination is the same we share the same goals yeah. we share the same ambitions sometimes you might disagree on the right way to get there but ultimately you know whether we agree yeah. on the right way to get there we still want to get to the same place so yeah this yeah. doesn't have yeah. to be, yeah. have to be kind of a, a butting of heads um yeah so yet to test it in practice but uh I think the the collective wider team would always help kind of um, push those decisions yeah. over the line without it being a, a bit of a battle. Yeah, that's cool. And um, yeah, and recently you guys had a major goal achieved, like the liquidity event uh, with LivingBridge. Um, uh, so yeah, I think I read that it was uh, thirty million pounds for fifty-one percent stake that they invested. Uh, yeah, congratulations to you and the team. Uh, what's that been like? 
Thank you. Yeah. No, yeah. I, you, your source of information is correct. I think that was the... Uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, no fake news and coffee for scalers. No yeah. fake news and coffee for scalers. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's been... It was great. Uh, I, we were in, obviously, with COVID and, and the pandemic, trying to run a process like that um, with the team at Deloitte. So we worked with Deloitte on this, who were fantastic. Um, trying to run it for a pandemic, you know, doing Zoom management presentations uh, I think trying to yeah. get people's attention in a room is probably a bit easier than trying to do that to t 12 people on a video call so it presented its own challenges but uh, personally I just felt I learned so much from the process and uh, wherever mm. we got to at the end the, and the result of it you know I felt really enriched by the whole experience which was amazing um, to get it over the line and, and announce it recently yeah probably you know one of the best feelings in my okay. career slash life, don't tell my wife, um, to date. And, you know, for us, the, the little things that made it, you know, all the sweeter was, you know, many years ago, Jamie, our founder, he set up the EMI option scheme, which meant, yeah. you know, over 100 employees within our business stood to benefit from kind of this milestone in, in, in the business's journey. So, yeah, it was, it was a great kind of being able to announce it to them as well and, and, and you know, see the excitement of knowing that, for many people, you know, this is a really significant kickstart to, to one of their ambitions in life or getting on the property ladder and so on. So, um, yeah, it was phenomenal and it felt it felt like a collective exciting moment, a real celebration. Um, and now we go again. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. good. Well, congrats. And um, and with that process, yeah, I can only imagine like how much work it is that process as well. But like in terms of but you guys were looking at potential people to partner with. Um, was there any kind of non-negotiables or like uh, things that you needed to have in a partner uh, through that process? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this was always a question that was asked at the end of every first introduction meeting. It's like, okay, what are you looking oh, for? After the first meeting. After the first yeah. meeting, everybody asked the same question eventually, which was like, what are you looking for? Um, and Good question by me. It was, yeah, it, was, it, was, it made us really think about what are we looking for. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there were there were two core ones, and these are going to sound probably a bit a bit wet. But one, it was you know we've we've got the business to this position. You know we're profitable. We've got a real clear plan and vision for the future, and, and we feel like we're a leadership team. We know what we're doing, and um, we want a level of autonomy to continue doing what yeah. we're doing. We don't want just barriers or hurdles because yeah. this, this is a space that's moving really really quickly so fast. And yeah. to be able to, to move with it so finding a partner that you really felt we had that trust and had that backing that we could kind of do what we do best yeah. was important uh, and secondly to that and I wouldn't say any less important is just you want to work with nice people <laughs> yeah and you want to yeah. enjoy the you know the you want to get on with them uh, yeah. ultimately uh and I, you know, Nat talks about this a lot. And, you know, we're firm believers that you should be able to do business and be successful in business whilst continuing to yeah. be a nice person. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was the, the, the fact that we kind of clicked and gelled on an individual level was, was really important as well. You're going to, we spend a lot of time working. Um, yeah, yeah. Kind of have good energy with the people that you're working with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think that as well, like, uh, 
with work we all work a long time like yeah. you might as well enjoy it or have some fun or something yeah yeah it's horrible not to have that you're like you've had a long week Dennis we're like we work a long time <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking of more like my career versus yeah. uh this week yeah this week's it end? yeah 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 no all good um I can't today is Friday <laughs> yeah, oh, it is. yeah. so um yeah, one question I wanted to ask you, and when I was thinking about this, um, is um, thinking about the publishing industry, even though your business is much more about publishing, but mm. like the publishing industry in the UK was a very male-orientated work environment, like the mm. Murdochs and everyone else. Like, it is so good to see you at the top of Jungle Creations with Nat. And um, yeah, I think a lot of uh, women in this field will be interested to hear about what's that like. And like being at the top as a female leader and yeah, what it's like from your point of view. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think it's, I can talk to my own personal experience, which is obviously going to be unique to me. And then a, a bit of, I guess, broader about the space. And yeah. I definitely feel like you're right. And, and old school publishing is probably different to kind of this new age media. And I feel like there's a real yeah. kind of, kind of shift there. But ultimately we, we do still work in an industry that, is male dominated I think when you when you get to senior levels but within jungle itself um I've never felt when working with male peers or male colleagues I've never felt that you know in the boardroom or in the the, the management meeting rooms that I have to frame my voice differently or shout louder to be heard and I think we probably benefit from we have a, a young business um yeah and over time kind of younger male execs have, have been surrounded by an environment that's kind of, I guess, much more inclusive, much more forward thinking um, yeah. and kind of gender stereotypes and so on are, are rightly being diminished uh, through time. So I've never felt kind of, I guess, uncomfortable mm. with a general specific thing. I guess when you go external, there are, there are things that you have to acknowledge, like, you know, golf days, they still exist. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm not getting invited on any golf days, which is good because I can't play golf to save my life. Yeah. 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 Adding, yeah. Which will just look worse for everyone. Um, and, and I think sometimes as well, and this is probably just a natural thing, but hopefully also shifting over time. Sometimes you get the sense that men are maybe slightly more comfortable talking to other men. You know, if you want yeah. to pick up the phone and have a quick conversation, it's easier with someone that you feel talks the same language as you or you're not having to kind of curb your tone or whatever they feel that they might need to do. It probably comes from a point about like over worrying about it. Um, mm. It's not something I've experienced massively, but every now and again, you, you do get that sense. Um, but what I would say is when I look around the media industry and all of the people and leaders that, you know, I'm thinking, wow, you're, you know, shit hot. Can I swear on the Scalers podcast? Yes, you can. Yeah, yes, you can. Um, <laughs> this will have an explicit thing on Spotify. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, or you're really inspirational or kind of, you know, a, a real forward thinker. Yeah. Lot of these people are women, you know. Uh, yeah. so even if men are kind of dominating the bums on seats, I don't think they're dominating the conversation and I don't think they're dominating the direction of travel for this industry in this space because, you know, if out, we, where I work at Jungle, I'm sur surrounded by phenomenal women. Um, yeah. And when I look out to the industry, you know, look at future and so on, you know, phenomenal yeah. women are kind of driving this space forward. So yeah. um, it's a real, it's, it's, the tides are really changing. And I think yeah. what makes me even more excited is kind of, as we're now employing younger generations, which feels, I've actually got gray hairs now. I don't know when this happened, Dennis. I used to be young. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah. um, but now when we're employing the younger generations, you really feel like they're within the younger generations kind of 
the the conversations around identity, around gender, you know, around belonging yeah. and inclusion, um, the fluidity of it, it it's, it's so exciting that we're going to kind of, it, it's not only a benefit to individuals to kind of be their authentic selves, but I think it's a, it benefits society and businesses because yeah. ultimately in a publishing business, you're talking to your audience, which is society, and you need to be reflective yeah. of that. Um, and to be reflective of that, you need to represent that internally as well um, and in the content that you create. So I'm yeah. really excited about where it's yeah. going. Um, I'm yeah. surrounded by many amazing men and women uh, yeah. at Jungle. Uh, I've never felt kind of anything overt, um, but yeah. of course you do get the sense of, you know, the remnant yeah. of the old, the good old yeah. days of the golf days. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. 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 Golf just, is, golf yeah. is crazy. I've, ne- I've actually never gone golfing for work. I'm crap at golf anyway, but it is funny. I like working in the U S market a bit more. Mm. I'm still doing golf days quite a bit out there. Yeah. Like pandemic. I mean, I'm bring, I just say, let's bring in the spa days. Let's do, yeah, yeah. let's do yeah. vineyards. You know, we all yeah. like, let's do yeah. vineyard tours. It doesn't yeah. have to be golf, but yeah. um, maybe that's, that's an action you should take off the back of this to set up a spa or a vineyard day. yeah vineyard tours yeah. um yeah at the same time i could also just learn to play golf because yeah. I don't think it's male exclusive but um no it's not you know. yeah yeah but but one thing that as you were saying all that and, and i think that's great for people to hear hopefully there's a lot of uh women listening to this podcast and then and everyone but i think it's i think what i've seen is it's so important for people to see people uh, uh, like uh, in, in Tubular, where I worked a long time, um, Alison Stern, who was one of the co-founders, mm. was uh, was at, right there at the leadership team. And it was so important for um, women in the business to see that as well. And I mm. think I think just having more people, uh, uh, more more women at the top positions is just uh, brilliant uh, within organizations. And that's how you kind of drive this more and more to where it should be uh, for the right levels of diversity. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And also Alison's a great example of someone. I guess it was great that she did that within Tubular, but I think she did that industry wide in the space. You know, those women exactly that I talk that I I look to and think phenomenal, you know, a real kind of game changer so there's there's loads there's loads of us out there yeah 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 exactly so um okay so switching gears um um yeah so okay well actually just on the scaling piece and then i'll switch to online video but with scaling people talk about like uh people process and technology being really important with scaling Mm. businesses is there any one of those that you found more important or all three of them important or your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, all th- to say all three of them would be my cop-out answer um, because yeah. naturally they're important. <laughs> but um, I think for, for Jungle specifically, uh, people is yeah. fundamentally always going to be the most important part of our business. You know, we're a business that, that builds ideas, cre- creativity, you know, content and so on. So people... And, and, their, and their own ambition, you know, technology, you can build a, a, a technology to help you scale things, but it can't come up with necessarily your new ideas or your ambition or whatever, whatever else. It can't motivate people. So people are always the most important thing for us. But um, and we've learned this in our journey. People without the right processes, you waste a lot of them um, yeah. and you don't get the best out of them. So yeah. processes is, is important for kind of harnessing the talent within people. Um, yeah. And then technology, you know, that's, you know, with Discover IQ and our data and insights and so on, technology is a de- definitely a big part of us, uh, our success. But it, if anything, it's just unlocking scale. So yeah. all three need to work in partnership with each other. Um, yeah. But I would, if I, if you put guns to my head, Dennis, 
I'd say people every time. Yeah, a great answer uh, about all three of them. Cool. Okay. And then, um, yeah, an online video, uh, which we're both passionate about. Um, what, um, what are you currently most excited about the online video space? Yeah. This is a good question. Dare I say the metaverse? Should I say the metaverse? The no. metaverse. Was Zuckerberg the first person? Uh, he wasn't the first person to come up with that, but wow, he's uh, gone big with it. We yeah. are we're talking about it quite a lot internally at the moment, actually. It's really interesting. Yeah. I've also been kind of looking at NFTs and the, and the crypto. Yeah, yeah. You get lost in there, but no, um, I definitely yeah. think that will have a the metaverse will have a, an increasing part to play in social video. Um, but for, for social video more it's more specifically, I think. What I'm really excited about at the moment is, I guess, the changing tide in, in platforms and platforms are evolving their monetization offering for publishers quite yeah. significantly. And it feels like maybe five or six years ago, many publishers in, in our position um, might find it quite hard to get some of these platforms on the phone. And, you know, you're yeah. like one of your biggest providers of views. We're putting out yeah. you know, endless streams of quality content on your platform and I can't even get a phone call. Um, yeah which, and now I can't tell you how drastically different it is. You yeah, know? you're trying to get rid of them. They're trying to get- No, uh, come on, leave us alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. But um, they're, they're, it feels like a real collaborative environment that they, they get a sense of understanding that publishers and content creators, be that individuals yeah. and businesses, are core to their growth and, and their experience. I do think there's a lot of credit due to TikTok to kind of coming out mm. of nowhere and, and winning with just content and showing all other platforms that actually eyeballs will follow good content. You need to make sure you're, you know, creating an environment where that's going to stay on your platform. Um, and, you know, you've got Facebook introducing stars, you've got, you know, Shopify integration into TikTok and all of this other stuff that's, that's going on in the space. And I think for us, from our audience, it was all about, always about kind of how can we monetize them and, and maybe our op options at, at one point were one, two, three, and now it feels like your options are one, two, three, four, five, six, almost endless. And it's more about focusing on what to do when and how to prioritize. But um, that's really exciting. Um, and then the only thing, other thing that I'd add is the, just the viewership habits and user habits on social as well. So when I started working on social in, in 2015, you'd be hard pressed to get people to really stick around for a video longer than 10 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. the, the attention spans of, of kind of yeah. content consumption were, were very, very short. And I think as a natural kind of consequence of everybody increasing the length of their videos and um, platforms, algorithms favor, yeah. favoring longer yeah. content and longer watch times, people have become used to kind of spending more time watching in these environments, which means, you know, you're getting massive completion rates on really long pieces of content and, not only does it help us monetize more effectively, um, yeah. but that means we can also create, you know, programming that, you know, we're even more proud of. We can invest more into that content um, and we can make, you know, the, 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 the blend between kind of TV quality production and social quality production is, is shifting ever closer together. Yeah. I think yeah. Um, as the investment improves and as, I guess, viewership habits change. So that's, that's really, really exciting. Um, that's cool. Cool. All right, metaverse. metaverse. Here first. <laughs> um, so on the on the platforms, um, what would be uh, not like revenue, like well, just importance, and it's not all revenue, right? What? How would you rate the top three platforms? For oh, your business? Yeah. you're trying to make me fall out with people here, aren't you? Uh, or well, 
how can we put it a different way? I don't know. Try and answer that question. Or what platform are you most excited about right now? Maybe. Um, I, I, I think all of the platforms offer something different. Um, yeah. And when we're thinking about our content strategy or our business strategy, um, there's an independent one by a platform. You know, um, yeah. we feel that in Instagram, you get a really good opportunity to really, um, you know, foster your community and your 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 value exchange with your audience directly and kind of the interactivity of that platform mm. is, is great um whereas on youtube you know you've got your your longer form longer watch time all of that stuff that i was just referring to and that kind of uh, environment there and albeit it's, it's always a little bit harder to get those kind of scaled views on youtube yeah you read through the comments you can tell that this is an audience that's really loyal that yeah. they're actually noticing what they're watching and and giving you real feedback from it and they you know it feels very intentional viewing which is great um so it does differ for me like i don't think it's any secret internally at least i, I love snapchat i think Snapchat. Oh, yeah. is james hancock would like you for that Do yeah you no snapchat is yeah. uh it's a really exciting platform. I think it's talking yeah. to to audiences um, that perhaps are less on some of the other platforms. Yeah. I think what they're doing with technology uh, is really, really innovative and exciting. Um, and again, it's got this blend of kind of in the Discover feed, you have to intentionally click in. So you know that if a viewer is watching you, they're not just landed on you, they're there on purpose and so on. So we've been able to kind of build a really kind of hyper-engaged, loyal audience on that platform. Um, TikTok again it's just super exciting we're kind of really doing new kind of we're trying new types of content on tiktok and it does feel like tiktok is sitting at the epicenter of the internet at the moment and if you see a trend or something that's happening yeah. where you can probably bet six years ago it would have started on reddit now it's yeah. starting on tiktok so yeah that's, that's really exciting and and, and then in, i'm not going to not say facebook because facebook yeah. is where we built our business and facebook yeah. is still a real core part of our, our business offering and i actually yeah. think um we're seeing a lot of growth in Facebook this year. Yeah. We, we, they had, a, I think, a change of direction that maybe was quite painful for many publishers, maybe for yeah. the a year ago or so on. But I think if you see more, it's very communicative and we, we had an understanding of where they wanted to get to and what they wanted their co content yeah. offering to look like. And we did that journey with them. And I think we're now standing to benefit from that. So um, That's good to hear. top three, yeah. Snap, Facebook, Oh, TikTok. Oh, no, because Instagram's owned by Facebook, so I'll say TikTok. Okay. Snap number one. Wow, you heard it here first. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm delighted just, you actually did the top three in the end. I was like, oh, well answered. Oh, but you did the top three. <laughs> no, okay. I, I don't ever show Snap, away. TikTok, Instagram in some top three format. Okay, Facebook cool. As well. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love all my kids. Yeah. Okay. Equally. Okay. So last question I'm going to ask you then. Because uh, we're running out in time as well. I heard your calendar invite thing, 10 to the hour. Yeah, um, sorry. Yeah. We, no, no, all good. That out or we good? <laughs> so last question, um, a bit more reflective one. Um, what, what are you most proud of uh, in your career or personally or wh whatever? What are you most proud of? Uh, you answer Ooh. that how you'd like. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one to finish on. Um, I think previously, I've, I've definitely been asked this question before, not that it's not original dennis this is a great question people um, ask you that in interviews yeah i changed job recently so i know it <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. God, I've, yeah i've not interviewed for a while i should get practicing no um yeah. i think previously it's been about as we touched on the beginning jungle being a business where i've seen people kind of come in 
straight from university or even part of apprenticeship schemes where they, they didn't go to university. Um, I think we're seeing more and more of that, which is amazing. Um, and now seeing them kind of five years on leading parts of our business and leading teams of people and to kind of see their own growth and feel like I've had, albeit a small or sometimes more significant part to play in that individual's kind of growth is amazing because you probably as a leader, you you see people's growth to an element and then they leave and go somewhere else and you maybe connect, to the, you, you keep an eye on that journey over LinkedIn, but to see it happen kind of under Jungle's roof is is amazing. Um, so that's always kind of what I've said in the past, but I think now with the completion of of the, I guess, the majority sale, um, that probably pips it. Um, yeah. as what I'm most proud of for myself because I've never done a process like that before. Yeah. There was a, a hell of a lot of work and a hell of a lot of learning that went into it and, and also trying to kind of balance internal time spent versus time spent on all of the various bits of diligence and everything else. Um, yeah. And yeah, to also be able to connect that to let, having employees benefit from it. Um, it's been amazing. So oh, yeah. That's good. That's, Two good that's ones. It. Yeah. Good. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, Melissa, you are an absolute legend. I'm so You're a legend. That you, then. <laughs> that you came on the podcast. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I was just thinking like, like, uh, you're younger than me anyway. I'm going to be amazed to see your career over the next 20, 30 years. And, yeah, uh, you're going to be amazed to see the development of my greys. <laughs> you will get more if you sell any more businesses, I'm sure. <laughs> but I think, I think uh, make sure you keep in touch with me when I'm just uh, someone lower down and you're like massive career in 20, 30 years time. <laughs> Never forget, never forget. <laughs> never forget um, yeah. No, been a been a pleasure, Dennis. Uh, yeah, good luck uh, with the the new role. I'm sure you'll absolutely smash it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, Melissa. 